This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello, and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, June 3rd. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how you doing? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We have another one of our live Friday shows. We're, we're going an hour later than usual today, because we're joined by... Eno Saris, special guest for the first time on the show this year. Eno, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, thanks for delaying it for me. I was uh, knee-deep in poop oh, uh, this morning. So it wouldn't have been fun for you guys to see what I was dealing with this morning. So. <laughs> yeah, at a child duty. And, uh, yeah, we, we had to uh, we had to move back an hour. We do these shows uh, Friday mornings uh, to try and, you know, able to have our live chat and do this live broadcast. And the podcast can be done normal time anyway. And it's fine because all these games are uh, in the evening, which is why we like doing this on Friday as well. There is one day game today. Archie Bradley's going to Wrigley Field. Tough matchup for him. Doesn't really fit most DFS slates. Uh, but but would, I like the day baseball. I always say this. It's nice that it's going on, but not going to fit our uh, our DFS stuff. So, um, yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, get into things. You know, you got anything before we start on this DFS stuff? You're here, obviously, from Rotographs. But uh, anything that popped out to you about these games we're looking at uh, before we get into it? Nothing in particular. I, there's actually a bunch of pitchers I like going today, and mm. they're not all of them that expensive. So I think, you know, my usual strategy is just to find cheap pitchers that I like and, uh, and go from there. So I think today will be easy on that front. Yeah. Or, or hard, because there's a decent amount of them. Yeah, we often don't have anything too bad on Friday. Some other days you go, oh, it's like way too much pitching or like it's hard to find this or that. But um, when we do these Friday, we have 14 games to pick from. There, There's a lot of places to go, usually. Don't get too stranded. So um, we'll go ahead. We'll get started at catcher. It's where we always start. Brad, let's start with you. Uh, what are you looking at at catcher? Where do you think you might be going? Uh, pretty excited about this Wilson Ramos matchup against Brandon Finnegan mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Just, I, I love going to Cincinnati this year. You got that terrible bullpen to always hand you a couple runs at the end. Obviously, the park's a huge advantage. And then he'll have a platoon advantage against Finnegan, too. Uh, I think it's maybe too obvious of a play, if anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, beyond that, it's also a very good play. So if you're going safe, uh, it's a nice pick. Uh, if you're trying to look a little sneaky, maybe you go elsewhere. Uh, one of those places you might look, uh, Brandon McCann or Brian McCann, excuse me, uh, against Chris Tillman today. Uh, Tillman's you know, obviously a solid pitcher, a uh, bit of a low backup guy, too, it looks like. Uh, it's always hard to tell for real when someone's a true low backup guy, uh, but it looks like that's within his skill set. He's doing it again this year after kind of getting away from it last year. Uh, beyond that, he does give up a share of home runs, uh, pitches at Camden Yards, it's going to happen, and McCann can take advantage of that short right field. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that at all. I think Eovaldi versus uh, versus Tillman is going to be kind of an interesting matchup where I didn't go nuts with a whole lot of hitters from it, but there are definitely uh, places to go. You know, are you a Chris Tillman guy? Are you on board again? He seems to be doing okay again this year. Yeah, I like him. I mean, he's trying to pull that trick of throwing a rise ball, a rising fastball, and a sinker. There's not very many people that do both of those things uh, mm-hmm. for, I think, sort of obvious reasons that <laughs> the mechanics of uh, of doing both are, are pretty different. So uh, I think he's actually sort of pulling it off. Last year he couldn't – he was sort of just figuring it out, I think. And then this year I think he has figured it out. So I don't know that I'd necessarily go up against him. Um, uh, what I usually do when it comes to catchers 
is just look for uh, a bad lefty, mm -hmm. basically, uh, because most catchers are right-handed. Uh, so I just look through, I just scan through the uh, the matchups for the day and try to find a bad lefty and uh, and, and do my matchup that way. And uh, the the easy one that sort of pops off the page and will probably be going against the grain is Derek Norris. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, people don't usually like to pick a guy in San Diego, but and Derek Norris doesn't have any stats that'll that'll sort of leap off the page at you. Um, in fact, he's hitting 195, and probably nobody's going to go this way. But Chris Rusin is a mediocre left-hander. Yes, he is. So, and, and Derek Norris is 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 therefore uh, because of all of those other reasons is is really cheap. So, uh, I do like the Wilson Ramos against Finnegan. Uh, that's that's probably where I would have landed, um, but uh, if you want to save a couple more dollars, the Derek Norris pick I think uh, is okay too. I know that uh, Brad's not that scared of uh, of Petco Park, you know, typically, and also we always like not only getting a, a mediocre lefty, but also the Rockies bullpen definitely comes into play there in that matchup too. So I don't think uh, Derek Norris is a, a bad pick at all. Um, I wrote Jonathan Lucroy getting Vince Velasquez. That's all right. Uh, Luke Roy can definitely hit righties, and Velasquez is actually had trouble with righties, so I could see that going okay. But it's it's not. We're gonna have a hard time finding a better matchup than Wilson Ramos. Honestly, these are kind of all uh, Ramos alternatives. Um, we also I wrote uh, Jason Castro getting Jesse Hahn. Jesse Hahn has had some trouble so far this year, not settling in that well, and Castro has come alive a little bit. I think he'd be fine. Um, and then the last name maybe, I wrote uh, maybe the, James McCann. Yeah, it's Carlos Rodon. Yeah, uh, would have the platoon advantage there. Um, I like the the team he's on almost more than the matchup for him himself. I don't trust him a lot as a hitter, but uh, being in the lineup with the Rock, uh, with sorry, with the Tigers, you know, a lot of righties there against Rodon. They could be, you know, moving the line a little bit, and he could be involved in that. Um, the only other name I had for Brad is Francisco Cervelli getting Jared Weaver. He's been a lot better against lefties than righties this year, but it's Jared Weaver. I think that that's a fine matchup <laughs> for him, too. Uh, he's, real, he's on base guy, but should be able to do okay. So yeah, Make sure he's in the lineup. He is a bit banged up. Uh, I think uh got a ball fouled off his foot or something. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, just make sure he's healthy. Yeah. And then the uh, one guy I would add, uh, Stephen Vogt up against Doug Fister. Vogt's mm -hmm. a bit of a fly ball hitter, uh, which usually matches up well against a ground ball pitcher like Fister. Mm -hmm. uh, game's in Houston, so you got a, a hitter-friendly park, too. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I like that one, too. Um, you know, do you have anybody left that we need to not leave behind before we move on to first base? No, I, I think Vogt and Ramos are the, are the best there. Yeah. All right, they're, uh, they're in Houston, which is nice. Yeah. And Fister... You know, is a is basically Jared Weaver right now. Yeah, yeah. Sad to see that from him, but that's that's about what he's doing. Um, let's get started at first base. You know, I'll let you start. Uh, who are you looking at at first base? Where do you think you might go? Yeah, I, you know, I usually do first base last because I like to spend mm -hmm. uh, on my slugger, um, and uh, and I like to you know try and, and and get the platoon advantage and and line it all up and and have as much money as I want to spend. So. Um, I'm not sure, you know, it's a little bit against the grain for me. Um, I guess, um, you know, I, I love David Price, but uh, you might you might be able to go with uh, is as if Edwin Encarnacion is uh, first base eligible. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that might be a good way to go. So Carl's Jr. and Hardy's. Uh, I, oh, I like that too. 
Uh, are we getting pop up ads over there, you know? Shut up. No, ours has nuggets. Browsing and getting that. Awesome. That's funny. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I had uh, Edwin written down. I like that. Uh, he's definitely been beating on lefties uh, this year. Usually a little bit more against righties, but he can hit whatever. I think that he would be just fine in that matchup. I agree. Uh, Price has been better, but still has problems. And at some point, you just kind of... It's one of those things where you look at the peripherals. You're like, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. And you're like, he hasn't been great yet. And it's still Toronto. So uh, I also like that you said you do first base last, because that's also what I do. And I've been saying that a lot this year that you can kind of find a hitter based on your budget no matter what. Um, so so I might do the same. Um, who else do you like at first base, you know? Mm, just, I don't I – don't, uh, scanning, I don't see, like, an obvious uh, matchup there. I mean, I, I think that Adam Wainwright has really been struggling, and mm-hmm. I'd love to, to put Brandon Belt in there. Uh, but he just sprained his ankle the other day, mm-hmm. um, and I hate to – especially with, the, like, a late game, uh, it's not – I guess it's not a West Coast game, but uh, I hate to get stuck with, uh, you know, not many decisions if they decide to rest him. So um, I think he's okay, and I think that's a nice matchup for him. Um, But, um, you know, it depends on how much risk you're up for. You know, I think Edwin is probably going to be more popular than Brandon Belt. So yeah, it could be a way to go. And Brandon Belt is nice because, you know, it's nice to – have like a, a floor, you know, get some right. points from walks and mm-hmm. not not depend on the guy to hit a home run to score for you. So, um, it, you know, it could, but Wayno is not a guy who walks a lot of guys. So it's a, it's an interesting matchup. Uh, but I, personally, I think Wayno is near the end of his career and uh, is hurting right now. I don't know if he's hurting literally. That's Michael Walker. I think he's hurt. Yeah. But uh, Wainwright, I think, um, I'm not sure he's ever going to be as good as he was even, you know, the last couple of years. Yeah, something's wrong. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's clear to tell that something's wrong. And and it wasn't just Babbitt, it wasn't just this and that. Like, I would like to see him get it together, but I, I definitely don't trust him yet. Uh, Brad, where are you looking at first base? What are you thinking? I'm also on board with the belt pick. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Wainwright's just catching too much to the plate. Uh, he's not getting as much movement as he used to, maybe. I haven't really looked into the pitch effects numbers, but when I see him get hit, it's on pitches over the plate that really weren't thrown before. Uh, he used to be much more of a nibbler. Uh, so I think he's always had that good curveball. It's not been as effective this year. Mm-hmm. So I do think Bill's a good play. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman in Cincinnati, another good play. We'll talk about a billion nationals. Uh, all of them are right-handed for the most part. <laughs> yeah. They're all going to be good picks today. Uh, just whichever mix and match you want to use out of that. And... I like Miguel Cabrera on FanDuel. He's 3,600. That's cheaper than Belton and Carnacion and Zimmerman. Uh, they're all 3,800. Uh, Cabrera is still an, a fantastic hitter. Doesn't have the power he used to, but still has power. It's not like it's gone. It's just he's not going to hit you 35, 40 home runs a year, mm-hmm. uh, looking more like a low 20s guy. Uh, up against Carlos Rodon, uh, not the easiest matchup. Not the hardest either. Rodon's very enigmatic. I never know really what you're going to get out of him. Could be one of those days where he gets pummeled. Uh, the the Tigers certainly have enough right-handed sluggers to give him a hard time. Yeah, and Rodon has definitely struggled with righties. He has the lefty thing, you know, handled, and he's been good, like better and good. He's interesting uh, for sure, but he still has that weakness with righties, so that could be a, a good thing for Miggy. I do like that. Um, 
I wanted to mention Chris Carter getting Vince Velasquez, mostly because Velasquez has allowed five homers across his last two starts. Uh, it's only two starts, and it's, you know, homers are pretty volatile, but it's worth mentioning that he's he's giving them up right now. And it's in Philadelphia, uh, and I just playing, I like Chris Carter. Uh, it's worth looking at, um, if you believe that, speaking of getting too much of the plate, looks like Velasquez might be doing that in terms of homers. <laughs> Um, I wrote John Deso hey. getting Jared Weaver. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Your, your I hate boy. to pick on Jared Weaver, but uh, you're throwing BP fastballs out there. So, yeah. John Deso is a great hitter against left uh, against righties. I mean, the people don't understand. It's yeah. going to come with walks and singles, but it's going to come. It's a, it's a yeah, strange. You mentioned that with Belt, uh, the yeah. the high floor. Jaso's our go to high floor pick for first base. Yeah, it's a weird first base option because it's not that much power. A lot of times you're looking for a slugger, you're picking last, you're spending. But if you just want some points, and a guy that's going to get on base, they bat him near the top of the lineup. You know, I, it's it's an in, it's a different first base pick, but it's uh it's totally viable. Um, Two other guys they at least want to mention. Adrian Gonzalez gets Julio Tehran. Uh, Julio Tehran just has a weakness against lefties, and so Aegon should be just fine there. And uh, lastly, uh, or uh, either of the Indians guys, Napoli or Carlos Santana against Edinson Volquez will be fine. Um, but I I want to mention Logan Morrison, who's a guy who has such a weird Jekyll and Hyde season so far this year. I talked about it the other day, but he was putrid in April. Like, real bad. We had a guessing game on the uh, one episode of how low his OPS was, and it was, like, in the 300s for April. And he is back up to, like, 800-something. Uh, he was in May. I don't have it in front of me, but he turned around and was great. Uh, and, you know, that's obviously the most recent month, and so I don't know that he's going to stay that hot. But he's recovered his season at least two months in. Uh, now a viable pick again. And he gets Ricky Nolasco. I don't think anybody's worried about Ricky Nolasco, and he likes to hit righties. So Logan Morrison officially, at least in my book, an option at first base again. Uh, also not a huge power op, uh, threat, more of a JSO type, but somebody you can definitely go with because there was definitely, at least in my head for a while, I, I had crossed him off. I was like, he was done, and he doesn't seem to be done. So, um, Brad, you got anybody else at first base? I'll just mention Tommy Joseph, uh, mostly because of his cost. He's $2,000 on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so minimum price tag if you're trying to fit in a, a Noah Syndergaard uh, group and want to use some big hitters too. Mm-hmm. Uh, can go with Joseph, uh, fifth hitter, has some power. A very aggressive hitter, so uh, volatile. If he gets pitches to hit, he might uh, provide something. And Jimmy Nelson generally works over plate, so I think I'll put some balls in play. Uh, could Could be well worth the price. Yeah. All right, um, on to second base. Brad, get us started. Who are you looking at at second base? Uh, there's not a lot I'm super excited about second base. Uh, mm-hmm. Ian Kinsler's always a nice option this year. Uh, he's you know stayed hot, uh, continuing to hit well, uh, hitting for power. And as we mentioned, there's lots of righties in that Detroit lineup that can you know punish uh, Radon tonight. So there's you know, stacking potential there, uh, even just one-off potential too. Uh, also, like uh, we talked about Brandon Belt, I like Joe Panic too, mm-hmm. uh, more of a high floor guy uh, looking for multi hits. Uh, does have some power though, and can you know lay a charge in one when he's uh, given something to really handle. Uh, he also has decent patience, uh, so he can walk sometimes. Uh, there, there's a wide range of ways he can produce for you tonight up against Adam Wainwright. Uh, we mentioned a few Giants. My my one concern is the Cardinals bullpen is fairly good. And so you want to make sure that you're 
those hitters are actually going to perform against Wainwright. If you're not so confident, then maybe go with other guys. Sure, sure. Yeah, I like those. Uh, Eno, where do you think you might go at second base? Well, I'm surprised you didn't talk about Anthony Rendell. <laughs> I, I, I got to leave someone out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, we're stacking against Finnegan, it sounds like. And, uh, he, and he's actually third base on FanDuel, too. That's what I'm looking at right now. So. Uh, yeah. On Let's my service list, but yeah, he's definitely an option for sure. Likes to hit lefties and all this. Oh, you know what? You know, yeah, I guess he's mostly third base. Yeah, because uh, yeah. that Daniel Murphy dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, well, I mean, then you could spend and get Daniel Murphy, um, but uh, that should be unpopular because yeah. people overreact to that. Yeah, it's lefty on lefty. I mean, yeah. but I think he'd be fine. He'll do fine. Uh, but I, you know, what I like uh, for cheap is Jed Lowry. Uh, you know, your your picking boy today is Finnegan, and mine uh, I'm picking on Doug Fister. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I just think that um, you know Lowry, him and I have talked a lot about playing for to the park, and he basically is trying to spray the ball around in Oakland, but he loves hitting in Houston. I mean, that's what we've been talking about. He's talking about how he can hit for power in Houston. He can pull the ball more in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he you know. I don't normally uh, look at like how people do in certain stadiums, but he does well in Houston, and he's told me that he hits differently in Houston. Yeah. So you know, pair that with Doug Fister throwing 86, and um, I like that matchup. I mean, I don't know that he's going to hit a homer, but an extra base hit and a walk, um, and, and the price the price that he's got right now is is good across the board. So I think there's a uh, there's a good uh, value for you at least. Yeah, and I think they put him in a good spot in that lineup, too. So, uh, Lowry, it's not a name you hear a lot, but a guy I like. Uh, I'm into that. Um, we had a question in the chat, or run this live chat alongside the broadcast as well, asking if it's a Scooter Jeanette day getting Vince Velasquez. And I'm of the opinion that the ceiling is just too low. Like, I don't know. Obviously, he's going to be cheaper, but I don't know what you're really looking to get uh, from Scooter Jeanette. I've just never been that sold on him. Uh, Brad, are you a Scooter Jeanette guy at all? I am. I, I don't know if Velasquez is really the right guy to target, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I do think his power seems to be improved this year. I, I sort of buy into his uh, best shape of life story entering this season. Uh, he, he looks stronger. It looks like he's getting more leverage out of his swing. I see him as more of a 12 to 15 home run guy now, and you know, that, that plays at second base. Uh, he's always a multi-hit threat, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I'm not opposed to the idea. He should be pretty unpopular. Uh, could give you pretty good numbers, too. Uh, Velasquez is obviously pretty volatile himself. So, uh, uh, you guys stop, stop picking on Velasquez, man. I love that guy. <laughs> he, I love that guy. He's a really interesting pitcher. Uh, if you, I, I'm assuming you've watched several of his starts. He, he's like a different guy every outing. Uh, yeah. I mean, he trusts his changeup some days, and he doesn't. Right. Uh, you can hit the zone with his curveball some days, and he can't. Uh, I, I, I swear he has, like, six different pitches, and he just sits on two of them every game. It's two different yeah. ones every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. I think it's true because the fastball can look a little different from start to start. So maybe he's got the sinker and the four seam. But, yeah, I mean, I love him. I love him. I, I, I think um, it may not be this year, but I think some year he's going to put it all together and, and just be amazing all year. Yeah. So. I hope um, the, uh, the arm stays healthy. I think that was part of the reason they got him was that there's concerns about the arm. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I was talking to somebody at Houston saying, 
you know, that didn't seem to work out. And he said, I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep the scoreboard open for the day, and I guess Carl Jr. Is, owns the scoreboard. We're going to get Eno a pop-up blocker or something. We're going to help you out. Yeah, out. I know, I know. <laughs> I usually uh, have my ways around it for my podcast, but um, I guess that's, today, that's not fun. working. But anyway, uh, yeah, I was talking to somebody on Houston, and he said basically that, that they, they didn't trust him to stay healthy. So Sure. Uh, who knows? Yeah, we're not too worried about that in DFS, just in terms of only have to invest in him for one day. But that that's right. the thing for your longer, you know, your bigger fantasy leagues, your standard ones. Um, if if you guys like picking on guys in uh, Houston and Cincinnati, uh, I'm interested in this uh, Blue Jays Red Sox matchup. Um, I think, I mean, R.A. Dickey's a giant question mark, but the Red Sox lineup isn't. They're just rolling. So, I mean, we didn't say David Ortiz at first base. That'd be fine. But I also have Dustin Pedroia, who traditionally prefers lefties, but is hitting righties this year. They're they're all hitting everything. I'm fine with that. If you want Dustin Pedroia, he still bats up near the top of that lineup. Uh, it'll be a big part of that. I love Ian Kinsler. Uh, Jason Kipnis gets Edinson Volquez. I don't think there's any problem with that. With picking on Volquez either. Um, I want to mention Brandon Phillips getting Gio Gonzalez. It's righty on lefty, and as Brad always likes to point out, they still bat him cleanup. Uh, he's still batting in a good spot in that lineup, and the ceiling's not that high. He's definitely not the player he once was, but there's points there when you bat in the middle of the lineup that's not that bad of a lineup. I mean, everyone says Cincinnati's really bad, but the pitching staff is definitely, you know, really bad. Uh, it's not a playoff contending team, but they can hit, you know? They, they don't rake, but they can hit, uh, and so being in that lineup helps. Um, and Interesting Gonzalez, uh... Sorry, go ahead. Duvall, you know, Duvall's a righty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Duvall-Phillips combo there in the middle of the lineup, you know, might uh, lead to one of those bad Gio Gonzalez games. It's yeah. not yeah. Uh, not impossible. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is Gio has allowed 13 runs in his past two starts. I don't, I mean, it's only two starts. Like, I don't, I try not to read into things until three starts, uh, but he's been bad his last two starts, you know, uh, and so if you're thinking something might be up or he's not as sharp as he was. I don't know. It's been pretty good this year. I, I'm not. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think that could be a fade for you in your bigger formats and your GPPs. I don't think many people will be picking reds hitters. They typically don't. And then we'll be picking against uh, geo, but I don't think that's crazy at all. So Brandon nope. Phillips is an option there. Um, only other second baseman I had is Chase Utley getting Julio Tehran. Chase Utley, not much power, not much speed, but still doing fine for the Dodgers. And again, I am fine with lefties getting Julio Tehran. That is a weakness of his. Um, Brad, did you have any second baseman we didn't mention? Jerkson uh, Profar is probably the one other guy I'd look at. Um, it, it's just a good price for the Rangers mm-hmm. leadoff guy. Uh, I, I'm not really eager to go after Taiwan Walker. Uh, he's... With like a lot of the pitchers today, he's capable of having a really good outing, and he's also you know has his clunkers too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I can see going after Profar, who's twenty five hundred on Fanduel, a uh, really good bargain there. And he's been uh, hitting well. It's, yeah, he's been hitting well. It's going to be probably his last game before Ignacio Dor returns and knocks him back to Triple A. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully he can go out with a bang, and we'll see him again later in the summer. The note I wrote down for Taiwan Walker, who I like is that he's allowed nine home runs in his past five starts. Again, it's a short memory, but people like the hot and the cold, and that is some homeritis that's been a real problem for him recently. 
Uh, so, and Profar has the power to do something about it. So that's definitely an interesting option. Uh, Eno, do you have anybody at second base that we can't leave behind before we move on? No, no. I think we talked about. Do we talk about them all? Every yeah. single one? Plenty <laughs> of them. We, we do that sometimes. <laughs> Plenty of them. There's a lot of them. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get started at third base. Eno, you can get us started there. Where do you think you might go at third base for Friday? Well, I already blew my load on this one. Um, uh, Anthony Rendon is seems like a real nice pick. I, if you want to spend, though, uh, you know, Drew Pomerantz, I like what he's doing. He's kind of doing the Rich Hill package where mm-hmm. he's, you know, just throwing the curveball in the zone half the time. Though, Nolan Arenado, man, I don't think he cares. Yeah. You know, I, I think he, it's, uh, it's, it's got the platoon advantage. It is in San Diego. But, again, uh, I, I know he has some some interesting career splits away from Coors. But there's something about that one. I think um, I think he could he could figure it out. You know, I think he can turn on a on a Pomerantz fastball, and I think he can hunt that and find it. So, um, I think that might be an interesting one to pick up. I, I'd rather, you know, I know Donaldson uh, against Price. There's a platoon match up there, mm-hmm. but Price is better than Pomerantz. As much as I like Pomerantz, you know, Price is way better, and Price could strike out that lineup. I, I think Pomerantz is going to at least walk Arenado once or twice. Sure. Yeah, I think Arenado, even with those core splits and everything, he's just been so ridiculous that I feel like he's become a little bit matchup-proof. Not entirely. He's becoming one of those fantasy studs where I'm like, yeah, whenever you want, go for it. Same with Manny Machado <laughs> at third base, where you're like, there are not many pitchers that would make me go, oh, I don't want Manny Machado against them. Like, Arenado should be fine. I agree, even in... Yeah. Um, and a note about uh, Rendon, uh, he's still hitting uh for excellent uh, exit velocity i mean uh you know it's uh the power's not quite showing up and it might be a launch angle thing but he's he hasn't spent a week uh he hasn't spent a week in his career because we've only tracked uh, exit velocity for two years he hasn't spent a week in his career below uh average in terms of exit velocity except for one so uh this year mostly Excellent, you know, 90 to 93 mile an hour exit velocity, doing really well there. So, good matchup. I think that's probably where I'll go tonight. Uh, we have a comment in the chat accusing Eno of working for Carl's Jr. and being a secret sponsor. <laughs> that was pretty good. Blame Yahoo. I, I like it. It was pretty good. Um, I wrote down Travis Shaw getting Ari Dickey again, just because I, I believe in the Red Sox lineup. Going to be fine. If Nick Castellanos getting Carlos Rodon, again, he has that weakness to righties, and Castellanos can certainly take advantage. He's been good this year. He's breaking out. Uh, I like it. Uh, I have Eugenio Suarez, my boy, getting Gio Gonzalez. Uh, that's the righty on lefty. That's where you want him, is getting a left-hander. Again, Gio Gonzalez is pretty good, so that's not an exclamation point on that one, but uh, I'm definitely interested. And my last name at third base, hope I didn't steal this from you, Brad, uh, Luis Valbuena getting Jesse Hahn. Are you in on that one? Yeah, I, I'm open to it. I gave it some consideration earlier today. Yeah, I think Suarez is the guy I'm uh, looking at a little bit. I talked about Phillips and Duvall a little bit as guys who could show a little pop against Gonzalez, and mm-hmm. I think Suarez fits right in with that. Yeah, he's been good against lefties. That's kind of been his thing so far this year. Definitely shown that he has pop. Um, who else did you have at third base? It's, it's a good day for third baseman in general. Uh, mm-hmm. Jungo Gung against Jared Weaver, because why not? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's not the platoon advantage, and I don't think one. it matters. Yeah. Well, Jeff Sullivan had that great piece on Gong saying, 
that you know he's seeing the fewest fastballs um, uh, in baseball or on the Pittsburgh team at least, and he's and he's doing fine. So that would be good practice uh, for seeing Weaver because <laughs> sure. throw a fastball. Not what he's used to, but it should be just fine. Yeah. Change up one, change up two. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, I assume Eno is fine with trying Danny Valencia versus Doug Fister. I think that one seems to oh, work just Danny fine Valencia, today. Man, all day. And there's a there's an example of where a leg kick has really changed someone's life. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he, had that, he had that leg kick last year in Toronto. And uh, and has been different ever since. So I, I, you know, it's weird. The thing that the leg kick does for me is that it it slows them down by making them start the whole process earlier. Right. And uh, and I think that was really good for Valencia. It was a little bit over eager. So by making him sort of uh, slow down a little bit, uh, I think that's really changed what he swings at and and um, you know and and just basically and then it improved his power. So I think right now he's kind of like a two eighty. Uh, 20, 25 home run hitter, true talent, and uh, that's that's you know we've been picking on Fister, but that yeah. I'll do it all day. Yeah, I, I I am also in the process of adding a leg kick uh, <laughs> with, with mixed results. Uh, I have trouble uh, balancing with it. Like anything that's off speed, it's like nope, not happening. I'm, I'm myself. <laughs> well, uh, I think then the, what happens is you don't swing at the off speed stuff, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't see too much of that, so I could probably get away with it. Uh, but back to third baseman. Uh, one guy I'd consider just as someone who should be hugely unpopular tonight, Matt Carpenter up against Johnny Cueto. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's going to be using Cardinals, and Matt Carpenter's just he's really talented. It doesn't matter yeah. if Johnny Cueto is really good. He's always a multi-hit threat, always has some power threat to him. Uh, so I, I think you could get some production there without anyone else really being on the same bandwagon. Yeah, I, I like that. I It's got to be a tough lefty for me to not want Matt Carpenter. And, you know, even if the rest of his lineup isn't doing great, at least he's at leadoff. So if he can get on, he can hopefully get driven in by somebody. Uh, not not quite matchup proof, but also one of those guys that I trust most days is Matt Carpenter. I agree. Right. I, I would take him against Cueto. I'm fine with that. Um, anybody else for you at third base? I think I about covers it. Cool. As I mentioned, there's a lot of places you can go to, and we've mentioned a lot of them. <laughs> sure. um, you want to get started at shortstop? What are you thinking? Uh, it's almost always a good day to use Manny Machado. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, today, today he's 3900 on FanDuel, which I think is criminally underpriced. And Nate Yovaldi is obviously a solid pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's about as far as I'll go with him. Uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll take Machado against anyone who's not... You know, Clayton Kershaw level any day of the week. Uh, also liking Jonathan VR up against uh, Vincent Velasquez. Uh, sorry, Eno. <laughs> Just uh, another guy I like a lot. Uh, good multi-threat. Has a little bit of pop. Uh, more looking for multiple hits and some stolen bases. When he gets on, he runs. Uh, they're going to cut him loose. Uh, he, he gets caught a fair amount, but he also leads the league in steals, so... Uh, you have multiple sources of production out of him, and I like that. And he walks, too. I am going to interrupt us for a second. It's fun doing a live show, but according to Twitter right now, uh, Trey Turner's coming up, and Ryan Zimmerman's going right. on the paternity list, I think. Oh, right. So Ryan Zimmerman, Zimmerman maybe part. not an option for Friday, but um, I think the response from most people will be, finally, been waiting for Trey Turner for a while. It's nice that I'm literally seeing it on my, uh, on my feed uh, while we're talking about shortstops. But um, I think, you know, obviously in your standard fantasy league, go out and scoop up Turner. I think we'd all say is worth a flyer at least. 
Um, but yeah, Eno, are you big on Trey Turner? I don't know how it'll immediately affect DFS, but uh, are you a Trey Turner guy? He's not uh, available in the DFS I have open right now. Sure. Uh, yeah, he might be on DraftKings. I'll check. Yeah, but yeah, and, he's not on Fanduel. And uh, I wanted to make a he's note about DraftKings. Machado pick too. Like Machado, I have real time open because uh, I'm doing the Tau daily picks, and uh, Machado is not an option for me. So, uh, you know, I like I like Turner. Uh, I think he's a wheels first guy in terms of fantasy, mm-hmm. and those guys are kind of hard to use, uh, especially a young guy coming up right away. Because, you know, a young guy trying to make an impression in the big leagues, I don't think he's going to um, necessarily run into any outs, you know, right. and, and be super aggressive. It's nice that he's a righty, and, and we've been talking about that Finnegan matchup. So if he's available and super cheap because, you know, sometimes guys, when they first get into the system, are super cheap, I might do it just because you can get some points. Uh, he can, you know, take a walk and – Maybe steal a base, but I just don't like depending on a rookie for steals um, because, you know, like I said, they're they're trying to impress, they're trying to do everything the right way, and they don't want to run into an out. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the first day up, it might be might be a tough time to pick him. Uh, while I do totally agree with you, I also uh, on the flip side of that, I'm like he's playing for the Nationals, he's playing for Dusty, and I don't think Dusty's afraid <laughs> of running into anything. He seems to be sending people. That's- and we joke about that, you know, that's kind of goofy. We like to laugh about Dusty, but it's great for your fantasy team. If you got nationals, you keep sending Bryce Harper. I don't think Bryce Harper's like, I'm going to steal 20 bases this year. I think Dusty's <laughs> just like, run, just go, just sending people. Uh, so Trey Turner, uh, interesting guy. Again, if he's in your, your vanilla fantasy league, go, go grab him, obviously, right now. Um, but yeah, and then as for DFS, we can figure out exactly what he's going to be. Don't know yet, but he's going to be an interesting guy. Um, Brad, I'm sorry uh, I interrupted, but it felt very, uh, it felt very that, uh, Yeah, that, that's, that's fine. I, I remembered that Turner was coming up, but I forgot about uh, Zimmerman going on the paternity list as mm-hmm. the corresponding move. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Turner's, obviously he's interesting. Uh, everyone's been hyping him for a while. And it, it is all about how much will he steal as a rookie. And I have the same concerns. Uh I think the best case scenario is he's batting ahead of Bryce Harper, and I think it's really hard to steal bases ahead of Bryce Harper. That too. So you, uh, for a regular yeah, manager, but, you'd think. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, maybe Aussie you're on to something with Dusty. Yeah. Uh, but even Ben Revere hasn't been running that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, obviously, Harper's probably out today, uh, still dealing with that knee issue. But in general, yeah. Um, you know, what were you thinking at shortstop? Was there anybody on the slate that jumped out to you, jumped off the page? Well, I almost always start with a platoon advantage and then sort of whittle down from there. Um, but, you know, the, the platoon guys that I that I, that I I see that jump off the page um, are in kind of iffy matchups. It's Trevor Story in San Diego against Pomerantz again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got to write up this piece I have <clears throat> with Story, but there is a, a, a little bit of a an off-speed issue, I think, with him. Um, and, I, and I think that Pomerantz might get him guessing the wrong way. And I, I, I don't, I'm don't, i not 100% on that story one. Uh, the other one I like better, actually, and, and Seager is cheaper. Uh, Corey Seager against Julio Tehran. Tehran looks like he's tearing up the league, but the peripherals aren't that great. He's kind of morphed into a fastball slider guy over the years. I don't know. It used to be a plus changeup in the scouting reports, but he, he trusts it less and less. 
So, you know, fastball slider righty against a lefty swinging uh, shortstop. You know, actually, that might be my pick for the day. Mm-hmm. Unless I just, you know, go do away with the uh, um, with the platoon advantage and just take Carlos Correa because I like him. Sure. And I love my boy Jesse Hahn, but Hahn, with the added velocity this year, he's become, I think, a little bit in love with his, his bigger fastball. Uh, I think he needs to throw the curve and the change more. He hasn't commanded it real well. He's going to be in Houston. Uh, he hasn't been striking out a lot of guys. So uh, if you want to pay for your shortstop, I like that. If you don't want to pay for your shortstop, the one guy I like is Azdrubal Cabrera because uh, he's a switch-hitting shortstop. I know it's in Miami, but you don't really buy him for power. Uh, and he's up against a bad pitcher in Tom Kohler. So um, I, I, I think we would all be picking on Tom Kohler more if he wasn't pitching at home. So Yeah. Uh, it's a, I, interesting guy to pick up there, maybe for a double and a single or a walk or something. Yeah, I like that. I, I've also tried to find Mets that I liked, but they're so banged up that the, that offense yeah, is not it, looking it that good. Gets the outfield, uh, when you're looking at Mets. Yeah. And I could mention Neil Walker, too. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're yeah, I was going to mention Neil Walker. I was going to mention Neil Walker earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think you know he he's been showing like you know real real power and could hit it out of there. It's just yeah, it's it's harder. If there are yeah. uh, if there are Mets you like and, and like I said we'll get that in the outfield. You could pick on Tom Kohler, but I just had trouble. His dribble will be fine though. Um, I wrote uh, Francisco Lindor because he's he's also relatively matchup proof. He's just not nearly the same ceiling as guys like Machado. But uh, he gets Edinson Volquez, and I'm fine with that. Uh, we had Yancey Eaton on the broadcast on Thursday, and I, he's a Rays fan, and I had to ask him about Brad Miller, and he instantly offered the nickname Bad Miller. Uh, so not a big fan. Uh, but he gets Ricky Nolasco. He likes to hit righties. Likes to hit righties. It might be the most boring option of the entire slate is Brad Miller getting Ricky Nolasco, but... It's fine if you want to go cheap at shortstop. I don't think that it's a it's a terrible place to go. It's it's not exciting. Uh, you don't get to brag a lot when he does well, but it's it's okay. Ricky Nolasco's bad. The Twins bullpen is bad. Brad Miller would be okay there. Um, I had I, I like Seager getting to run a lot again. Any Dodgers lefty? That's the the weakness there. I don't know Brandon Crawford getting Anna Wainwright. If you want to pick some Giants, I think uh, Brandon Crawford is certainly trustworthy. Uh, Brad, did you have any other shortstops that we didn't mention? In relation to the Trevor Story matchup with Pomerantz, I, I agree the uh, the curveball might offer some issues. I almost think maybe it's a better matchup for him, though, because he's really only looking for two pitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a lot of pitchers, you know, there's at least three in the repertoire. Pomerantz really is just that two-pitcher guy and two-pitch guy. And so I think Story maybe can sit on the fastball, might guess right, and... Uh, could do some damage. The the issue being Petco Park uh, being pretty tough on right-handed power, too. Sure, sure. Um, all right, let's move on to the outfield, as usual. I feel like there's plenty of options. Not not a ton, but there's there's always places to go. So in an effort not to list uh, everybody, um, I wrote Odebel Herrera getting Jimmy Nelson. Uh, we haven't talked about many Phillies uh, against Jimmy Nelson. One, because Jimmy Nelson's been pretty good. Uh, and two, because the Phillies don't have that many good hitters. But, um... Jimmy Nelson's weakness was lefties. He seems to have ironed that out. Uh, but if I were going to go against him, it's a left-handed batter I would still use, and that would be Odebell, uh, who's just, just playing pretty decent. Um, I wrote Pittsburgh outfield against Jared Weaver. Pick one. They they can all hit righties. They're all fine. Uh, whichever one fits your budget and you believe in most, but I I don't have any hesitation there. Um, Polanco's dealing with the foot thing. Yeah. Might 
might stay away from him for just another day. Yeah, that, that's yeah, and, fair. And McCutcheon has a thumb injury of some kind, so uh, it, could, it could be a little more messy out there than we think. But Matt Joyce probably is cheap, and yeah. he'll be in the lineup. Matt soon. Joyce would be an option, and Starling Marte is hitting righties this year. He's you know he's been a lefty masher in the past, but he's doing just fine with righties. He'll be fine against Jared Weaver. I wrote Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts didn't hit any homers on Thursday, but I think he'll still be okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not that worried about him because he went homerless for a day. He gets Ari Dickey. Again, these Red Sox guys, it's a, it's a volatile option because it's the knuckleball and you don't really know. But they can just plain hit. So uh, I, I'm fine with that if you feel like gambling there. Same on the flip side, Jose Bautista getting David Price. I'm not loading up on all the Blue Jays hitters, but the best one should still be fine against a lefty in Price. And it's in Fenway. Um, I wrote J.D. Martinez getting uh, Rodon. That's the at least the Tigers outfielder I trust most. You can try and get sneaky with Upton or Maven, but Martinez is the one that I think is worth paying for. Um, one of my favorite Nationals to use against lefties is Jason Worth. J- one of the skills he still has left is hitting lefties. That's one he's had for a long time, and it, that's still there. So him against Finnegan will be fine. The downside of that is Finnegan might not stay in the game that long, you know, depending on how things go. But then you get the uh, the Reds bullpen, so I'm fine with that. Um, Brad, let's talk about the Mets outfield, just because uh, Conforto has not been doing very well. Uh, he started so hot and it hasn't been so great. Uh, do you still trust Conforto? And then uh, do you think you'd go with Granderson in Miami, or what are you looking at? So Conforto's price has gone down with the, the slump, mm-hmm. and I think I'm not really seeing anything in his profile that's scaring me. Uh, it looks more just... Know, kind of natural fluctuation type of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think he can use them today. I don't really have an issue with it. Uh, DFS is the, the, everyone's so short-sighted with it, uh, so sometimes it can be really advantageous to pick a guy who's a little bit cold, but for no real reason. And uh, yeah, I, I think Conforto's a, a rosterable guy today. He's 3,200 on Fanduel. That, that price is right for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Granderson. I think he's 3,400. Uh, that works. And then. Uh, you want to suspend us, obviously, a little more pricey, but still not too bad and you know, has the power to leave any park. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking in the outfield? Who, who's on your list that's jumping out to you? Uh, you mentioned Jason Worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect Michael Taylor and Chris Heisey to also start. Heisey will probably lead off, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor will probably be down in the order. Uh, Heisey's 2000 on FanDuel. Uh, not, a, not a guy I actually like very much, but as a leadoff role at Great American Ballpark against the Reds, uh, the price, it, it all adds up to a pretty good package, and he does have enough power to give you a home run, if nothing else. It's uh, t- Taylor's you know, just as risky, if not more. Yeah. Uh, so much swing and miss in his profile, but when he when he connects with one, they go far. Yeah, it's hard not to like a leadoff guy at $2,000, I feel like. Yeah. It's kind of an automatically an option, for sure. Eno, what are you looking at in the outfield? Who, who's jumping out to you? Well, I wanted to mention Adam Duvall. Uh, is a righty mm-hmm. on lefty home, and he's uh, underappreciated, uh, pretty cheap. Um, I like that JD Martinez pick. Uh, he's been a different player. We just I just talked to him in the dugout, and he was talking about how uh, he he had actually lost his swing path a little bit and wasn't hitting fly balls as much as he wanted to. He said he found that swing, and if you actually look at his rolling ground ball fly ball um, stats, you can see. He, he was right. He found it in Washington a couple weeks back. So uh, I think he's hitting those fly balls again, and he's got a good matchup there. Um, and then, you know, I I just I love Nomar Mazzara. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, 
Taiwan Walker had some self-reported pain in his neck, uh, some sort of neck thing uh, about four or five starts ago, and, and has been giving up tons of homers since. So yeah. I don't – that could just be, uh, you know, correlation and not causation. Um, but uh, like you said, once it's three, you know, it's been more like four or five starts where he's given up, you know, one, two, three homers a start, yeah. uh, more walks. So – and Mazzara is just uh, – just a sweet swing, uh, lefty on righty matchup. Um, you know, playing at home. So, uh, and he's not expensive. I no, mean, he's I, cheap. I don't know what that is all about because you know he 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 just showed everybody how much power he has. So, uh, you know, my my lineup right now is uh, Duvall, Martinez, and Mazzara, and uh, I didn't really spend big on that lineup. I, I like that. Yeah, uh, Mazzara is the one that made me write down my Taiwan Walker note that it's nine home runs across his past five starts. That's plenty. He's he's given him up a lot of multi homer games there, and and so I was like, what what Ranger do I like to knock one out? And it's Mazzara. He hasn't been up that long, but he's already like the big power bat in that lineup for me. And yeah, I mean, fielder fielder's exit velocity numbers are are not good. No, and, <laughs> most uh, of his numbers are not. Stay good. away from fielder. It's the yeah. moral of that story. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's hurt. You know, I mean, he's just not hitting the ball hard. Yeah, and with his body type, I I can't stay away from comparisons to Carlos Lee. Remember how fast he just disappeared from the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that remember when he was traded to uh, Miami and was a Marlin for a little while. Uh, speaking of Carlos no. Lee, uh, yeah, everyone's all like, "Oh yeah, Carlos Lee." I, th- I think he, I think maybe I misremember that. I think he was a, a Marlin for a second. Um, yeah, I, I like I the. To, yeah, I wanted to also go with Corey Dickerson, just because I think Ricky Nolasco is never going to be as good as the sum of his parts. Mm-hmm. But you know, Dickerson's really been struggling on anything that's not a fastball this year, and the thing that Nolasco is trying this year uh, is to not throw his fastball. Yeah. So, uh, it might be a weird matchup for Dickerson, uh, where he's just hunting fastballs and not getting any. So, yeah, that that'll be interesting. I, I like it the lefty on righty Makes against Nolasco, but you know you got to think about what they hit. You know, it, different splits beyond just lefty righty, and so that's a good look. Um, I also wrote Denard Span getting Adam Wainwright. If you want some Giants and you think Wainwright might struggle, could go with the leadoff man for sure. He's been doing. A good job at leadoff. He's been doing what they need. He's been running a bit, and he's been getting on base. And so I, I trust in our span. Um, Jock Peterson gets Julio Tehran. That's another lefty uh, if you want to go with the Dodgers there. And then I wrote uh, Matt Kemp getting Chris Russin because he likes to hit lefties, even though he's been declining. His his skill that he still has is hitting lefties, and I think he'll, he could do just fine in that matchup. That's a, that's a fun pick because all that Matt Kemp's doing right now is swinging for homers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a boom or bust pick, but you know he's really just golfing every ball out of there and trying to hit homers. So yeah. you know you might you might I, get. Two. <laughs> I might be misremembering this, but I think yesterday I looked at his splits and he he's hitting well against lefties. And I think he has zero walks. Yeah. So <laughs> you're gonna get balls in play. Yeah. There's no floor. There's he's, no floor. Maybe he's maybe <laughs> he's pressing maybe he's pressing trying to carry that Padres lineup that's struggling. Who knows why? He's just having fun. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, who knows why, but it is happening either way. So yeah, it's a thing. Uh Brad, did you have any other outfielders that we didn't mention? 
Uh, you mentioned Peterson, and I'll, I'll go back to that just because Tehran had a foot blister last week, mm-hmm. and if that comes back, could be a short outing, or you know, he might just work through it and not be on top of his game. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, there's you know, some potential for that pitcher to be worse than he looks. And Tehran has a nice ERA on the year, but the, the peripherals behind it, not so much. Uh, so I, I think you go after Dodgers in general, and uh, Peterson could be... Uh, a multi-homer threat. He's got that big power and those big whiffs. Sure. Yeah. I. I he's been quietly pretty all right this year. So. Yep. Yeah. I'm into that. Anybody else for you? Uh, it, as always, there's a, there's a billion names. I, I think we covered a good slice of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know where to find us on Twitter if you want to talk to any about anyone specific. Sure. Um. Yeah. Uh. So let's get on to pitching. Somebody asked in the chat about. Francisco Liriano, and I figure we can start there. We didn't pick any angels against him, uh, but I think it's just because there's not many to pick from. Uh, and, and Mike Trout goes without saying. Yeah, you, know, you can at least take Mike, Mike Trout. Trout. He, he's the top projection of just about every day. Yeah. So, but what do you do with uh, Francisco Liriano? Has been you know struggling this year. Uh, the the numbers don't look great. Always has strikeout potential. But he's up against a lineup that you kind of want to pick on. Uh, you know, uh, what are you doing with Francisco Liriano? Is all is all I can ask. Nope. No. Nope. I, I just he's not the best. Yeah, I mean he's hurt, yeah. I, or he's not. But he's you know he he, he he's often hurt, and I with the numbers the, looking the way they are, I bet he's hurt. So yeah. I, I I'm he always makes me nervous every year because I bought in so fully early on, and I I don't like to you know have grudges against guys. Yeah. But there's a, uh, there's a remorse effect where you feel like you got burned and you're like, I'm not going back yeah. to that. Yeah. And I, and I have actually bought him, you know, since in, in full season leagues, but it's always coming off of a bad season. I've never bought him coming off a good season. So I love, yeah. Uh, yo-yo guy for me, just <laughs> and it's hard to catch the yo-yo at the right moment. Sure. Yep. Uh, so for Friday for pitching, where do you think you are going to go? Like I said, there are plenty of options, but, uh, if you're playing DFS, what are you looking at? I always scroll up from the bottom. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's funny because, uh, it can be a weakness. I, I trust myself to find good pitching matchups so well that I never pay for the top pitchers and therefore I create more risk for myself. So it is, it is good to self-analyze sometimes, I think. and. Um, so I may be doing the wrong thing here, but I and I know you guys have been picking on him, but I love my boy Vince, and I've been picking on Pomerantz, uh, but you know he's still home and he's still dealing with those those even though it's those two pitches and he is throwing the changeup. It's just uh, looks more like a sinker. In any case, they're super cheap. I mean, there's nobody at the bottom of the bin that I like as much. I mean, I guess you could go with Tillman, but yeah, I I, th- I those are the three I'd like. Because they're the cheapest in there. Ivaldi, I like as a pitcher, but in Baltimore, that that team is raking. Oh yeah. yeah. For me, it's the, much too powerful of a lineup. For yeah, me, Baltimore is a hard place to pitch anyway. So you know, there's nobody else at the bottom of the bin that I like as much as uh, Tillman, Velasquez, and and, uh, and Pomerantz. So I'd I'd sort of put those guys in a grab bag and. And choose choose your best out of those guys. Uh, I'm intrigued by all of them for different reasons. Uh, Baltimore feels like a boomer bust uh, matchup for me because they do whiff so much. And Evaldi has added strikeouts this year, so is there a lot of risk? Absolutely, uh, he could get pounded, but he could also pick up a bunch of K's. And if if they're missing, there's there's upside there. I don't know it's where I'm going, but I think there is upside there. Uh, I'm interested. 
uh, in terms of Pomeranz, anytime you get the Rockies away from home, that can do funky things to them, and especially for a guy that pitches with, you know, so much off-speed stuff. Who knows exactly? Again, they're kind of tough to go up against, but Pomeranz has been so good, and he'll be fine at home. Uh, I like that a lot. And then in terms of Velasquez against the Brewers, uh, the Brewers have a lot of interesting players on them. They're kind of a fun offense in terms of the guys to pick from, guys like VR or... Santana when he's healthy, Ryan Braun looks great. Overall, as an offense, they're not really hitting. You know, like they they don't scare me as a as a unit. Um, so I, and they're fairly right-handed. So I think uh, Velasquez would be fine there. So I mean, uh, Velasquez, I'll admit, is a boomer bust pick. But sometimes you have to go with boomer bust. I mean, yeah. you're not gonna win the whole. Especially it's you know I'm sure you guys talk about this sometimes, but the 50-50s versus the the tournament play. Mm-hmm. Right, in 50-50, you want more floor. In the tournament play, you almost just want ceiling, and we've seen Vince Velasquez ceiling, man. That's it's it's a no hitter, you know. It's a no hitter with like 15 strikeouts as a ceiling. So uh, to get him at the bottom of the table against at home against a team that isn't that great, uh, I, I think that a certain amount of ducks are being lined up there. But um, you know, I I ended up with a team here where I didn't end up picking any of those Rockies that we've talked about. So that's why uh, I guess Pomerantz is now my pitcher. <laughs> sure. Um, the other thing I want to add about Ivaldi is that uh, he's been hot. He's only led two runs across his last three starts. So that's a boomer bust option for me. Maybe not exactly where I'm going, but again, with those strikeouts and him pitching well, it's something I would think about. Uh, Brad, where do you think you're going at, at pitcher? What are some guys that you like? I'm giving very strong consideration to taking the way up. Going with Noah Syndergaard. Sure. He's up against Tom Kohler. Yeah. It, it seems like that 12-point FanDuel win is right in your hand. Uh, you got multiple innings uh, out of him. Uh, can go, you know, seven, eight deep, uh, ten plus strikeouts when he's on. Uh, the, the the ceiling, you know, talked about it. it, it no one no one has a better ceiling. You know, he 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 can perform right up there with a Clayton Kershaw on a given day. Uh, the Issue, I guess, is uh, he, he's a little less reliable than you like from an ace. He does have his occasional off day, and the Marlins do have some sneaky guys who can lay in the weeds and take him deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that you know Marcelo Zuno or Giancarlo Stanton are going to be terrified of his fastball, hard as it is. Uh, they'll they'll go up there and take big hacks at it, and if they connect, it'll go easy. The the other. I mean, the other thing is just it's so damn expensive. I mean, yeah, if it, I put, it's a hard one to afford. If I put Syndergaard in my lineup right now, even if I put him in for Velasquez, is more expensive. I basically need to have three scrubs, I think. You know? Yeah. So, so I have it, I have it drawn up, but it, it's not too bad because I have two thousand dollar Heisey in my lineup, counting him batting leadoff, and that really takes the, the scrub element out of play, thankfully. Uh, I don't know if I'll stick with this. There's some elements that just seem too obvious to me for a GPP. Like I have Wilson Ramos in there, and mm-hmm. I really like this matchup for him. And I'm trying to decide if I just I believe in him as the top catcher so much that I'll just use him even though he'll be 40% owned. Uh, we got a question in the chat asking if we like Kenta Maeda getting the Braves. I know he isn't as you know as hot as when he started, but you can't not go with that, right? You're not there's not concerns enough to avoid that, are there? Yeah, so, so he's one of many pitchers today that uh, he, he doesn't pitch terribly deep into his starts, and that's one of my concerns. Uh, he's not a big strikeout guy. Uh, he's 
he'll give up a run or two probably. He'll, he'll probably have a solid start. I don't know that he'll be able to stick with, you know, the high ceiling guy, Syndergaard or Velasquez or whoever ends up having that big night. Uh, he, he's more a high floor, maybe a 50-50 type pitcher for me, more than a GPP. And uh, good good pointing out about the, the depth into the games. Hugh Darvish is going, and everyone's yes. going to see that 15 points that he put up. Uh, I mean, this is real real time again. I don't, I don't know. Whatever X points that he put yeah. up last time. 45 on FanDuel. <laughs> yeah, but he's a five-inning guy right now. Right. Um, yeah, so, he's 80 or 90 pitches today. And Seattle is good. Yeah, so. Seattle's good too. It's it's a tough matchup, and with the pitch count, it's just not the right day to use you, Darvish. Yeah, I think so. So I know Brad and I at least believe in Jimmy Nelson a bit against the Phillies who can't hit. He's been a little bit of a polarizing guy. Uh, Scott Strandberg has been on the show and talked about how much he, he likes Jimmy Nelson. You know, do you have much of a strong opinion on Jimmy Nelson, not only getting Philadelphia, but just in general? Well, in season long, I think he's a little bit over his head. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, the things don't match up. It's a little bit. It's you know, it used to be a plus plus fastball, and I don't think it's as plus anymore. Uh, I like that he added the slider, and I mean, added the curve to the slider. You know, that that gives him enough to get you know through the lineup multiple times and and get lefties out. So I like him as a pitcher, but he's over his head right now. I mean, I I have offers out to to sell him high, mm-hmm. not because I think he's terrible, but I just don't think he's as good as this. But, you know, in DFS, all you care about is the matchup this time in Philly. That and Maeda. And Nelson's more got more innings than him. Maeda's truly yeah. been a five-inning guy. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's I think Nelson is a very intriguing one. And uh, you, you can look at Nelson in a GPP. Yeah. yeah. I like that. The, the, the one thing I'll note about him, he's 8000 on FanDuel, which is a fine price. I think that's reasonable. He's... 10,500 and the third most expensive pitcher on DraftKings. So that doesn't add up to me. I'm just a In real time, he's between uh, Wainwright and Tehran at, at 7,200. Uh, I may try to get the money. I, I like that Heisey pick that you sneak, sneak, snuck in there. You didn't. Uh, it seemed like you maybe didn't want to give that one away. <laughs> uh, but uh, I like that Heisey pick. I might. Uh, Downgrade from Duval to Heisey to get from Pomerantz up to up to Nelson. I'm yeah. thinking about it right now. Um, you know, how about uh, Jordan Zimmerman getting the White Sox? They've been kind of cold. He started real hot. He's cooling off a little bit. Uh, do you believe in Jordan Zimmerman in general? And then do you believe in him against the White Sox? He's not going to give you those strikeouts at those points, you know. And you know, he can keep the runs down. I, I think that I don't. I, I I've tried to look at him a couple times to find out what his magic is. And all I found is that he gets the two strikes really well. It's a command thing. And everything uh, improves. All the outcomes improve when you get to two strikes. So I think that's how he's had the low BABIPs and uh, the different strand rates and all this stuff that make him look like he's not going to be as good going forward. Um, so I think it's plus command, basically, that is that has floated him his stuff as far as it has. But um, he doesn't go for the strikeout as much as you'd want for a guy to, to spend on him like that. I mean... In this, uh, in this one, I'm looking at Danny Salazar. It's just a couple hundred bucks more. And Danny Salazar is going to get you tons of strikeouts. And if you're in a, in a tournament, I think you want to, you know, bet on Danny Salazar having the game of his life rather than, you know, Jordan Zimmerman's game of his life might have four strikeouts in it. So, <laughs> uh, I like Salazar a lot. Um, the Royals are a matchup we used to avoid. Uh, they still don't strike out a lot, so that ceiling's a little bit limited. 
But they're so broken and bad that I'm not that worried about it, you know, that I think I would match up against the Worlds, if you believe in Salazar. He has blow-up potential, but he also has has a, a ceiling, so I think that's viable. I think it's kind of outweighed itself in terms of not maybe not as much strikeouts, but going to be easier to keep some hits and runs off the board because they're, they're beat up really badly. Um, I have Jake Odorizzi getting the Twins. He's been a bit cold. I don't care. It's the Twins against a, a righty. I think that's fine if you want to go Odorizzi. Um, if Cueto get in the Cardinals, the Cardinals can hit, though. I don't... I, I believe in Cueto. I think he's fine. Uh, we didn't pick many uh, Cardinals against him, though. So if you want to go there, I think that's an option, but definitely not a real strong one. I, I think we're... I'm looking more at the... Either Syndergaard or uh, some of these middle-round guys, of which there are plenty options. Um, Brad, did you have anybody else that we didn't mention at pitcher that you're interested in? I pretty much touched on them all. Uh, Odorizzi was that last one I was sitting on. Yeah. And he, he's kind of a little bit like Nelson to me. Uh, you can get some innings out of him when he's pitching well. Mm-hmm. And that matters. Yeah. And he's got a good matchup, too, up against uh, Ricky Alaska. That's the yeah. other thing I like about it. Yeah. Well, uh, Matt and I needed to pick a streaming pitcher less than 50% on for Friday, and it was a nightmare. There are so many of these uh, mid-tier guys, and I'll be honest with you, the one that was eligible that we liked the most is Doug Fister, and we picked on him all day. But the other options were even worse. So uh, Matt and I are streaming uh, Fister on Friday, uh, which is, again, it's just a tough streaming day. Saturday and Sunday are a little better if you want to peek at the weekend real quick. Um on Saturday, Matt likes Nick Tropiano getting the Pirates. Uh, we're kind of intrigued by, by Tropiano, and I think that's an okay matchup for him. I'm taking Nate Carnes in Texas. I'm a big Nate Carnes person. Even if he only goes five or six innings, it's a it's a better stream. Yeah, train uh, uh, the train going by my house is here. We've been trying to survive the workers doing construction on my roof. I was going to apologize at the end of the show for the banging going on. Uh, no, I checked train. all my tabs when I heard that train. Yeah, that's, that's me. I apologize. Uh, it's part of the fun of a live broadcast is all the sounds going on at my house, apparently. Uh, it includes the train that goes by and the workers literally on the roof. Um, so, yeah, Saturday, uh, Tropiano and Carnes are interesting streamers. The other one that uh, sticks out to me, well, Rich Hill pitches, and that's just always uh, borderline must-watch for me. Um, but also uh, Justin Nicolino on the opposite side. Uh, you know, you talked about bad lefties. Like, I put a big old star next to him uh, just in terms of n- no good control numbers. And so uh, I guess the, the New York righty you want there is Cespedes. But um, we're not going to go real deep into Saturday. But, but Brad, uh, was there anything on that stuck out to you uh, for the schedule? At least either a game you want to play, DFS, or just to watch. Well, if you're looking at the stream guys for the weekend, Junior Guerra versus Jeremy Helixson, you mm-hmm. go either side of that one. Uh, both guys who can give you some strikeouts, give you some innings, have a shot at a win, a quality start. Uh, it's you know, two of the weaker lineups uh, to be going after. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's a game where either side of it, uh, guys probably available to pick up on your waiver wire, and you know, they, these look like good streaming options to me. Sure. Uh, Eno, is there anybody on, on Saturday, even just on the calendar, that's a game you're excited about? Don't even have to get in DFS, just want to peek at the weekend. Let's see here. I Did you just say Junior Guerra? Yes. Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. Right. I, like, I like the Guerra Kelsen matchup. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I, don't, uh, I don't believe in Helixson, really. Uh, he added a cutter, but it's a bad one. 
And then for Sunday, what are you guys looking at? Um, uh, Matt and I, again, there's a little more streaming options. Matt's taking uh, John Gray in San Diego. Uh, we liked him there before. He had like 10 strikeouts, I think, you know, a righty in San Diego. He has his issues, but he also has his talent. I think that's a good matchup. I wanted to take that also, but I didn't want to do the same one he did. So I have Matt Whistler going to the Dodgers, who is not as safe, uh, but um, not as safe of a matchup. But he's shown that he's talented. I know... Brad is down on Matt Whistler. He's not on the Matt Whistler train. Uh, Eno, do you have uh, opinions about Matt Whistler? I'm not in on it. No. I just, uh, I don't see it. I, I think he's a one-pitch guy. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Yeah. So, I, I'm not entirely sure he even works as a reliever. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's going to blow up at some point. Is Tanner Roark a low-owned guy? Uh, I would have to, he's he's not under 50%. Uh, so he's yeah, not eligible I, for I the think contest. that. I think after that 15 strikeout game with the Twins, he, his ownership has just spiked it slowly dwindled. Yeah. Um, uh, Kevin Gosman is eligible against the Yankees. He's been a little cold oh, really? recently, but he's an interesting guy oh, for sure. I, I he, would not have picked that. Also, Ed, Ed Rodriguez. Yeah. You, you're uh, a fan? Malone, except he's against Toronto. He I'll take, a- uh, I'll take Gosman there for yeah, sure. You, you like that. Um, also, CC Sabathia has been awesome. Uh, I said this before his last yeah, start. He came back from the DL and it was great. Be a real test. Yeah. Uh, well, he yeah. went to Toronto and was okay. That was the one for me where I was like, we're going to see. And he did that. So I'm not rushing out to grab CC, but I'm at least paying attention. I'm at least, you know, looking at Speaking it. Speaking of old, pe- old, old people tricks, uh, CC's p- p- pulled the old, the uh, the oldest old people trick, which is giving up on the four seam completely mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, and, throwing the, and throwing the cutter. So, I, I just I just don't know how long it'll last, you know. Sure. It's, it's, I, I started doing that when I was twenty. <laughs> but, I, but I like that there's a there's an explanation for it. It's not just he's like babbipped his way into like three good starts. It's he's doing something right, different. Right. He's doing something different, and that makes me at least look. I, I I haven't picked him up in any leagues. I haven't started him anywhere, but I'm at least checking the box score on him to see what's going yeah, on. I, I think the, the league will adjust. The scouting reports will catch up, and mm-hmm. people will start to hit him. But yeah. Yeah, he he may be better than the trash that he was the last few years. Sure, yeah, and, and that's useful. That's useful to the Yankees who need to get you know a little bit of production out of him somewhere sure. along the line. Sure. Um, all right. Well, that should about do it for us. We ran down plenty of options and peaked the weekend. Uh, I'm sure we could talk for about fantasy for a long time. Um, but, uh, you know, what do you got going on? Obviously you're writing in rotographs all the time, but, uh, what other projects are you working on? I should have a, a piece about Byron Buxton up any, any moment now on fan graphs. Uh, I looked at uh top 10, I, I, I interviewed him and, you know, he told me about his leg kick. And so, uh, there's some stuff about that. Is, is he still and, a super boring interview or is he open up now? It was okay. I mean, he told me about why the leg kick uh, should help him and, and stuff like that. I looked at top 10 uh, prospects that have struggled as much as he had mm-hmm. in their first 200 plate appearances. Not good. Yeah. Not good. Not, Not good. good. He, like, uh, he, he was in the fall league one year when I was there, and he was very much yes, sir, no, sir, like very uh, like boring uh, responses, which is smart. No, which is very smart. He was like 19. He's young. You know, somebody told him to not open his mouth, uh, which is smart, <laughs> but it just made him a really boring interview. Um, yeah. And when reporters would walk away, he would open up a little bit, you know, but as soon as there was uh, a, a, someone with a notepad or a recorder, he was just like, yes, he sir, was no, a little sir. bit. 
Yeah. He was a little better than that. Uh, he, he was a little bit more comfortable with himself. But still, you know, the, the strikeout minus walk group uh, that he's in, it doesn't look good. I mean, yeah. it's uh, Javi Baez is up there, and we still, we're still trying to decide about him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you have, to, you have to go down a fair amount until you start getting guys like Carlos Pena even. Sure. Uh, hmm. So, but you know, Carlos Pena with good uh, center field defense is still going to be a, a pretty player. Good and running. Yeah, I don't think Buxton's going to forget how to run and steal bases. Right. You know, so yeah. It, but I uh, think the hope is they can find some more contact in that profile somewhere. Yeah. Like he looks like a guy who should be able to make a little more contact than that. Just lost the play. Just yeah. Just really lost. Yeah. I, I just also want to. Uh, I have to pimp this everywhere that I go. Uh, I'm writing uh, what's called a craft beer guide, a craft beer lover's guide to baseball, and it's basically where to drink in parks and around parks uh, in every baseball city. So that's coming out in the next couple of weeks, and awesome. uh, it'll be a cheap ebook. Uh, and I, the tagline is, uh, "For the price of half a beer, uh, drink well." That's good. Uh, that's, that's coming out soon. That's what I expected I'm, you to bring to the table a little bit here too. Sounds up your alley, but I didn't cool. get that one off off the table. It's fun. I mean, it, I that's give great. little ideas for like uh, beer tours you can take, mm-hmm. or you're like in Chicago, you can take the architectural river tour. And so I point out where there are good bars, like right where it drops off. Go on a tour and then step right into a craft beer bar. So um, you know, kind of help people maybe even plan a vacation that's around. You know, we're going to uh, finally see Camden Yards, you know, but I also want to check out beer while I'm there. So sure. that's that's the sort of idea. And where should they keep an eye out for that? Just follow you on Twitter? Be, we'll release it on Beer Graphs. I think we'll have an ad on Fan Graphs and uh, on Twitter as well. Cool. And then uh, Eno, of course, is on Twitter at Eno Saris and also doing the Sleeper on the Bus podcast. Still doing it twice a week? Are you on there twice? Twice a week. Uh, Sport does it three times a week. And yeah, uh, yeah it's still fun. We call it affectionately the sister podcast to us here at Rotographs. Wait, what? Are, what? I, I said that we affectionately call it the sister podcast or the sibling <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you guys are digging deeper into fantasy stuff. Highly recommended. Uh, they're not talking DFS, but they're, it's all fantasy. It's all baseball. Uh, definitely yeah. check that out. Uh, Brad, what do you got going on? Any big plans this weekend? Uh, let's see. What's going on this weekend? Not, <laughs> nothing too much. Uh, the, the lady of the house unfortunately has something going on with her foot. They gave her a walking boot, and they just don't know what's going on with it. Oh. So it's uh, limiting what we can do a little bit. Uh, probably go see a couple movies, I think. Cool. And then uh, normal baseball stuff. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, Brad is on Twitter at baseball eighteen. They always joke that he writes about DFS, so he writes about the short term, and then you write about Dynasty, so you write about the long term. Yeah. Both ends of the curve, apparently. But some... Those are my two main beats. It's, yeah. uh, it's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, something for most people there. So uh, follow Brad on Twitter at Baseball A-Team. I'm on Twitter at HigginsFOS. Uh, thanks for watching our live broadcast, if you're in here. Sorry for the technical difficulties, and also whether it's pop-up ads or people literally on my roof right now banging away, uh, or trains going by my house, but the live broadcasts are fun. We're glad uh, you guys could interact with us, and uh, Eno, thanks for joining us. Really glad you could make it here after you uh, take care of your kids. 
me and my bed head. Yeah, I, I told you I wear a hat so that I don't have to fix my hair uh, this early in the morning. Uh, we're West Coast, so it's it's not that early, but it's it's early for us baseball guys. So um, that should do it for us. Uh, thanks again to Eno and to Brad. Thanks for joining us. We're out of here. Matt and I will be back on Monday doing it five times a week. So, uh, yeah, have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.